Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi guys, Sinead here. Just wanted to jump in and let you know that there are some ads on the pod now. This is to help Lonnie and I keep doing what we love and we thank you for supporting us. Sinead, quick question. Mm-hmm. Is Spencer a Christmas film? No. Why not? I was prepared for you to ask this question, actually. I made a little mental note at the time. Um, because one scene set at Christmas does not a Christmas film make. It's set all over Christmas. It's all Christmas period. That's only one of the considerations into being classified as a Christmas film. And you would know that if you listen to our own podcast <laughs> that we did. It's not about the meaning of Christmas, though. And it's not weird to watch it at any other time. In fact, it's, it's probably weirdest to watch it at Christmas. Imagine if you go to someone's house and they're like, let's watch a Christmas film. And you're like, yay, this is great. I love Christmas. And then they put Spencer on. Yeah, if you like. Yeah, tradition. Everyone gets to get together. <laughs> get the grandkids and mum and dad together and watch Spencer together. This is how new memories are formed. Hello there. Welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie. Her name's Sine. How's it going? Hi, good, thank you. What do you think of Royal? Ooh, problematic. Hmm. Okay. I think. Well, we didn't ask that question because we watched Spencer this week. We did. For the podcast that we're doing right now. And we were really pumped for this. Mm-hmm. You were especially. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, wow, this could be amazing. Mm-hmm. In the end, I think we might have hyped up for ourselves. <laughs> I agree. I think I think I built it up too much. <sighs> but it is good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. Very interesting and it's it's much more of a psychological thrill than I thought it would be. Than I thought, mm-hmm. than I thought any Princess Diana biopic would ever be. Mm-hmm. But it didn't quite all come together for me. And it's one of those films that lives and dies on its lead performance. And I guess it kind of depends on how much you're into Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. How much were you into that? Um, so, don't hate me, everybody. So, I'd obviously heard that she was very good and people were talking about she should be nominated for Best Actress and saw her in the trailer and I was like, pretty darn spot on. Mm-hmm. I've never really heard Diana talk very much apart from that one interview she did. Mm-hmm. It was like a bit crowded and- and, and yeah, and that was all I'd seen of her talking. I know that sounds really weird, but, like, she died when I was young, so I don't remember seeing her around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it was Kristen Stewart necessarily, but the way that she spoke was really odd, but I don't know if that's just how Diana spoke and it was weird cadence and weird intonation. Um. Listen, I think that some of this acting bordered on caricature. 
it seemed very performative and very telegraphy, especially that first scene where they're at the diner where she's lost. Mm. And it just felt really overacted and just not at all how how I thought the film would be, given what I'd heard about it. But there were other moments where she was brilliant. Um, so perhaps it's more my interpretation of the performance or that it doesn't sit, mm. it's incongruent with what I thought of Diana was. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What did you think? Tell me how to feel. <laughs> yeah, I quite liked it. I'm not just talking about those, some of those scenes where you can really feel the awkwardness and it's classic Christian Stewart. It's like, mm. she didn't like being an actor. She liked having people look at her and be on camera. Um, but is that part of the point of this film and this character and what she's playing? It's metatextual casting. Mm -hmm. She was always performing and it's even the scene where that's like the main argument she has with Prince Charles is mm -hmm. there's you and there's also you that they take pictures of. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was kind of thinking they wouldn't give her an Oscar nomination. If I thought so too. I don't know why we thought that, but um, I, I'm great. Yay. I'm really worried about offending everyone. <laughs> She's a very interesting actor because of her background, obviously being in Twilight films, which are very contested back in the day and mm. still are to a certain extent. But then since then she's been very much on the indie path. Mm -hmm. And is a really interesting actor. And yeah, she's in a biopic that in some hands could be classic Oscar bait, but then the film itself isn't what you'd call Oscar bait really, is it? No, I don't think so. Although, you know, Hollywood loves a biopic and they do love the Royals and England. So maybe in some ways it is. Well, I think like with the previous Diana film, which probably spoke about, yeah, Naomi Watts was kind of like that was the walk up um, classic biopic. Well, not maybe not classic. Usually they go from cradle to grave sort of thing, but um, yeah, that one felt like kind of expected Naomi Watts thought she was going to get an Oscar nomination. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. This one, there's something different, and it's very much like Jackie, which is the film director's. Yeah, did that as well, and it's kind of. You think it might be something, but then the film itself is a little bit different. I unfortunately watched a video comparing the two versions of Diana, which I'll link in the show notes. And Lena said there were no spoilers. There are spoilers, so so just don't watch it. Um, but she kind of hyped up the fact that the director was saying that he didn't want to make a straight biopic, mm. and that he wanted to make something really suspenseful and horror-ish and so I went into this going oh this is going to be awesome it's going to be really tense they're going to make really interesting creative decisions and they did it in one instance the eating of the pearls was really awesome mm -hmm. um and I can give you a little factoid about that Lonnie so the pearls were actually made out of chocolate so kind of like an M&M where it has like a shell on the outside and chocolate on the inside and when they recorded the scene and she was biting down on them, obviously you could hear the crunch in her mouth of the chocolate sort of candy layer shattering. And apparently Kristen Stewart was in the editing room or with the directors or something at some point, and they were really annoyed because they were trying to get rid of the sound of the crunch, but they couldn't isolate it. And she said, no, leave it in. 
that makes it a really visceral experience and makes that scene even more horrifying, which I it, totally, of course you do. It's amazing. Um, so that's pretty cool that she sort of saw that in the scene and, and knew that that was important. But, yeah, I think I was just expecting something a bit different because I'd already been told it wasn't going to be a straight biopic, right? And then I was told it was going to be something really suspenseful. But in actuality, it kind of lands somewhere in between the two. Well, I agree. For me, it was like every time it started getting going, mm-hmm. the scene stopped. Like that scene that you just mentioned where she's yeah. down, climbing down the pearls. I was like, oh, my God, it's getting really um, very visceral, very kind of, you're not sure what's happening here because it's kind of like a dream sequence what in the outside of the head. Mm-hmm. Then just sort of cut away and moved on. Yeah. It's like, oh, now it's just back to her walking around the place by herself. Skulking around. So you're right. It's, like I said at the beginning, it's a, it's a fable and based on true events or whatever. Um, but maybe you could have liked more of the fableness of it. <laughs> that said, the thing I really didn't like was Ghost Anne Boleyn walking around. Yeah, let's talk about Ghost Anne Boleyn. Yeah. <laughs> So in in the narrative world, it's implied that the head of the household guy, whoever he is, Timothy Spall, um, gave her the book about Anne Boleyn as potentially a warning slash threat that she was resigned to the same fate because, I don't know if you know, Anne Boleyn, um, Essentially, the king had an affair and then said Anne Boleyn had the affair and then she was executed. Um, and I guess the, the implication here is that we're meant to draw parallels between, you know, how fleeting the royal family treat people um, and when they're no longer useful to them, they discard them. But, yeah, I I found it interesting that they would they sort of implied that she was going into a delirium of sorts, that she was having these visions, that she was maybe a bit schizophrenic or had some sort of other mental illness. Obviously she had had bulimia and anorexia and she was very depressed. Um, but I, f- I felt a bit uncomfortable with that implication that she was quote-unquote crazy because that's what, the royal family's narrative was of how Diana behaved and I feel like you've just amped that up for this version and it didn't really feel in defence of her and I felt like the rest of this film was in defence of her. It was showing her side of the story really close to her point of view about how she was feeling and what she was experiencing and so I thought that the, yeah, the implication that she was losing her mind slowly was a bit, tasteless maybe that's interesting that's, i didn't think about that but it kind of plays into the narrative from the royal family that she was a the tiptoe around her and she's seeing things and can't be trusted yeah while they're all sort of normal yeah yeah but it's kind of yeah in a inverse of what the, perhaps the intention of that storyline and i think yeah maybe she's got not going on without making up that she's seeing visions well that's the thing like the the eating disorder stuff was really interesting and heartbreaking and that scene at the dinner table where Charles says, you know, show some respect to the eggs or something because they've died for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, just like look up in a dictionary worse things to say to someone with an eating disorder and that would be number one, honestly. One thing I didn't realise about Diana, kind of I should have known, but 
didn't really, because it all happened before our time, basically. Mm. She was only 21 or just almost 21 when she had William. Jesus, no, I did not so know that. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> she entered that family, it's like, you know, the, the most powerful family in that country mm-hmm. as a child, essentially. Yep. And then all of a sudden she's a mother that can't be a real mother to her children because of all that. Mm. trying to get into the point of i like um i like all the scenes with the kids they were really great yeah i think they all had really great chemistry together and i believed them as a family i never totally forgot that it was kristen stewart doing a performance though because it was so uncanny um but yeah the kids were great they were really really awesome jack again showing he's the best of them all yeah harry Yeah, it was interesting. I actually had a a read on a scene that I wanted to run by you. So obviously this is spoilers for the whole movie. I don't know why you're listening if you haven't seen the movie. Um, At the end, she takes them away from the hunting and goes to the city to get takeaway, right? She orders, um, I think, Cokes for her and Harry, but William gets an orange juice. Mm. Firstly, serial killer stuff to order an orange juice when you're getting like fried chicken and chips. Secondly, could we interpret that as he's still got one foot in the family of doing the proper thing and one foot out of the family? Or am I just totally reading way too much into this? <laughs> well, that's a fair read, I think. Is orange juice like royal? No, I just sort of meant like it was a sensible choice. It was healthy. It wasn't soda. So he couldn't completely let go of himself and get a soda. He had to stay back. It was also that beautiful line, which actually is true. And I know there's been many reports that William said that when he was younger about whenever he was asked, do you want to be king? His answer was, well, I don't have a choice. A kid shouldn't. I know. (laughs) But it's just heartbreaking, isn't it? Mm -hmm. At at like eight, he'd resigned himself to the fact that, yep, well, this is happening, I guess. May as well accept it. I want to talk a little bit about the royals. Mm Mm-hmm as people in a system, right? So I have, I have some sympathy for the people who are caught up in that because they're born into it. They've got no choice. William had no choice. Queen had no choice. Mm-hmm. But I hate the system that they're part of. Yeah. They're not elected. They've got all this power and money that they get from regular people. They live in castles and it's bloody 2022. 20, <laughs> and it just seems like everyone's miserable inside the family yeah and and it's news down here when they have a baby or if they go to the shops or wear a new dress or something we have to hear about it mm-hmm. it just seems so weird that we still have this now and as as we've seen in the recent years with um harry having to leave the family because they they just could not operate inside of it mm-hmm. is this good that we have this like why did, why are we even doing this anymore i know doesn't make much sense, does it? Yeah. You have to wonder how things would have played out differently if Diana hadn't passed away tragically. Yeah, well, this is the big thing, isn't it, of, of like, she wasn't heading down a very optimistic path, mm. so perhaps it would have happened regardless. But, yeah, who knows? Did you know that um, Prince Charles dated Diana's sister before dating her? Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's kind of weird. Well, he used to be the dreamboat back in the day. 
How? Just because he's bloody prince, right? Is it? Solely because of that. There is nothing, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, cannot get behind it. And it's just ridiculous that they still have ties to Australia. Yeah. And do you remember the last time the Queen came to Australia? <laughs> no. Nah. parents used to laugh about it. Because she'd come here a few times over the course of her life, right? Mm-hmm. And she came here, it must have been about 10 years ago or so. And it was, every news report about it was like, here is the Queen. Or what, what most people think is her last trip to Australia. It's like, How old was she, like 50? Canberra for the last time. <laughs> <in the country. laughs> Queen first came to Sydney in 1956, but now this could be her last. Every trip was the last trip. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Although she is getting on now and recently she's made she's sorry expressed her sincere wish that camilla be queen when charles becomes king firstly why is charles becoming king abdicate you're too old secondly is that a bit of a final fu to diana i potentially i think it'd be more about trying to keep continuity when she's going to pass away soon not not on death right over it seems like you know, she's... But it's old, right? No, no, I know. But the partner isn't coronated. Like Prince Philip was never King Philip. So Camilla should should be dame or whatever she's supposed to be. She shouldn't be queen. But the queen said, no, nah, I want this, so then it just happens. Bring it up. She can say whatever she wants. <laughs> but after, I don't know, I just feel like it's quite poignant when... The cultural conversation has come back around to Diana in that famous interview when she said someone the interviewer asked her if she'd ever be queen and she said no. Yeah. It just feels a bit like I think they're just terrified that when the Queen passes away, no one will like the rest of the family as much. And so there could be a chance that they want to get rid of the royals. Mm. So I reckon she's trying to say, Well, if you you know what, she's actually queen now, it's all good, I said it's all fine. Maybe that's trying to... Maybe. Who knows? Can we stop, like, shooting things and hunting? It's 2022. I hate all that stuff. Come on. We don't need to be... Also, small thing, they don't even hunt. They get people out there to scare the birds so that the birds fly so then you can shoot them. But that's not hunting. That's being an idiot. Yeah. Anyway. Obviously a metaphor because she was being hounded by the press and whatnot. What do you think of the line from the Queen? Who doesn't actually get much play in this, does she, as a character? No, they have that one little scene together. Also, the Corgis, which we need to speak about. But they had a whole little car to themselves yeah. that got open for them and they ran. They're amazing. I love them. Uh, it's funny, though, it's almost like you know what you have in your mind and it's scary when you don't see somebody. So mm. scary have Queen one scene in this sense because she's kind of an antagonist, I suppose. Sin- not on the same side as Diana. No. That scene was interesting, though. It was almost like a, a moment of recognition in each other and support, which is very odd because I don't think any of us thought that was the dynamic of the relationship. <laughs> no, well, you kind of think, obviously, Queen was, not, was built into this as well. Yeah. She never wanted necessarily... What was her path to become queen one day? It's you know, mm. the events of history, quite well known. Uh, but you know, she is tied to the system as much as anybody, being when she's actually in charge of it. But 
Yeah. The line was interesting for me though, was that she said the only important picture they take of you is the one they put in the money. Yeah, that's that interesting, interesting, isn't it? But also like, you know, Diana's picture was worth money. It was, yeah. The entire industry's magazines are built around taking pictures of her. Mm-hmm. Well, how, do you need? how she died, you know. She lay there dying and the paparazzi took photos of her while she was dying instead of helping her. Like, yeah. you can't just say it's it's the money, <laughs> Liz. Oh, my point though is like how many pictures of someone famous do you need? How much is he changing day to day? Probably a picture of yesterday is probably as good as one you get today. You know what that reminds me of? When Daniel Radcliffe got annoyed at the paparazzi, so he wore the same outfit for an entire year. So every photo they took looked like it was taken on the same day and they couldn't use it. Top tier level trolling, truly. At least Daniel Radcliffe gives us movies. <laughs> it's true. At least he does something. cut ribbons and stuff. Do you think that scene with the two of them was a bit maybe wish fulfillment and it was sort of like if only the Queen had said this to her, then maybe it would have helped? Yeah. Mm. One scene I did like particularly Mm -hmm. was when she's running through the fields sort of cutting between different outfits that she'd wore, like famous outfits. Yeah, that was interesting. I like that to some point because it's very well shot and that was kind of when the film was getting kind of very interesting sort of montage effect. Mm-hmm. But also, like, we're we playing into the history of Diana, that she was just someone who wore nice frocks, that we have to put that always in there, or is it, like, honouring her for being a fashion icon? I think that's, like, another element that made it feel a bit put on, is, like, oh, check, here's her in this dress, check, here's her in this dress. And they hinted so much about the black dress they never showed her in the black dress. It's like it's the one thing that you're hinting that would make sense in this movie and you're not showing us the dress. But I guess the thing is this was taking place over a very short period of time. This wasn't like Diana was born and then she met Charles and then they got married. It was this one Christmas essentially where it all went wrong. Um, That's interesting. A few people have said that the latest seasons of the crown do this whole story better i guess they've got more time to do it yeah I watch much of the crown the last few seasons I, the first couple. I don't know where we left off and now i'm like i've got to remember what happened i think we just finished claire foy's run right yeah and then i think a lot of the shit was going down with the royals in real life and i go i don't really yeah not that, not that into it anymore but apparently there's actually an episode of the crown where diana is at the place that the castle for Christmas and it's a very similar plot line to this. Right, okay. So that could be interesting to watch. Well yeah, I'd be keen to keen to watch it. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can we talk about some of the other cast? Sean Harris. Sweetheart Sean as the chef. Love him so much. He's incredible. Do you think he's a sweetheart when you bring a bag on? Well, obviously not. But he's a sweetheart in this film. He's a confidant to Diana. And that was quite true, apparently, that she wouldn't actually spend the time to talk to the people who were... Yeah. Well, that was the big thing, right? Because her big thing was that she wanted to help people Mm -hmm. and they were like, why are you touching the commoners, essentially? Why are you talking to the staff, to the servants? And she's like, because they are humans and we are humans and I would like to connect with them on a human level. Well, that's the thing for the Queen. It's like, I have to do all this stuff for the people and they need a strong head of state and someone to look up to. Oh, I never talk to them or be in the same room as them. No. I need to be separated from them, of course. Of course. Because <laughs> wasn't it a huge thing that she hugged some gay people and, and there was this whole thing about, oh, you're going to get AIDS and she didn't care about that and she hugged amputees because she was really doing a lot of work with landmine stuff. I, I think she actually turned the tide on how people in Britain viewed AIDS Yeah. in the 80s because, yeah, she actually went there and went to the hospital and tried to be there for people. Yes, unlike the rest of the country, which is going crazy. Unlike some people. Can we, obviously Timothy Spall is incredible and everything is in. God, I hated him in this. When he's just watching her in the cold room eating the food. Mm -hmm. Oh, leave her alone. Also, she wants to take two seconds to just have a little break before dinner. It's five o'clock. Dinner is not until eight. You don't need three hours to get ready, sir. Just let her, leave her alone. Just like, God. I you know where it comes from, right? On the other hand, I was like, Dana, they already hate you. Don't make it worse. Just go to dinner on time. No. No. She should be allowed to sit on her own. She's never allowed to be on her own. She always was being ferried or huddled into different things. All she wanted was one frickin' second of privacy and space. We think our Christmas is a bad. We don't have the pain <laughs> waiting for us, and actually, we like cutlery at the right time. And stuff. I did like the line, oh, "The sandwiches are ready, so we all have to we have, we have to stop for the sandwiches." Goodness, the sandwiches are so important. It was quite funny. Um, I think it's about time we spoke about Sally Hawkins. Okay. I'm not sure about a character. So, was that real? I mean, it's potentially valid if she had confidants that helped her get dressed. Again, split dress, maybe probably staff to do that. Well, I think they're quite complicated, the dresses, and you can't reach the zips. I can't reach a zip on my regular clothes to do up sometimes. You've got to, like, bend your arms, and I need a little um, invention, like, in How to Be Single. That's what I need. Um, I don't know how I felt about it. This sort of, like semi-erotic running on the beach together this connection to like sand and sea and soul a slight hint that maybe diana might have been by like i just obviously don't have an issue if that's what they were doing but it just felt very shoehorned in and very out of place like there was already so much going on we didn't need that storyline as well i didn't think yeah it's like 
slightly awkward and didn't actually talk to any other character as I recall. So was she even there? Was she a fantasy that Blaine was having? Ah, interesting. Maybe. Well, no, because she asked about her, Maggie and she said, oh, she's been sent away to London. Yeah, well, maybe she was a person, but Diana was. Yeah, projecting more. Mm, so, interesting. Interesting. Brilliant, so, you know, <laughs> we can't trust her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt a bit strange about all that. Again, I, I'm a bit like this biopics in some ways, I suppose. I'm like, sometimes a real life story is interesting enough why you're trying to make it. Yeah. But also, then I'll, I'm also quite hypocritical. I'm like, if you're going to make a biopic and change it, why not change it all the way and give you something? I think that's how I feel too. And I think that was our feeling after watching Jackie as well, is that now I have to go out and read whether all that happened or not because you've made up some things but not other things and that doesn't really make sense to me. I kind of thought this film was going to be, and I can't. I know I can't get mad at the film for what I thought it should be or was trying to do, but I thought they were going to go full, like, off the deep end, make it an actual suspense thriller, make it like really turn up the dial on that and leave, yeah, and leave all the biopic stuff sort of at the door. Um, but as it is, I'm like, okay, well, she had a hard time. Yep, that, I kind of knew that. It didn't really give me anything else. The one other thing I was thinking about this is like how much of the storyline and plot in guess the whole film are we filling in in our minds because we know about Diana we know the story yeah that's interesting she ends for her in real life Mm -hmm. so like one little look we can see oh that's that's because she we know that he's having an affair because we know that from real life so do you think that that our memories become part of the text then is that what you're saying well they have to be yeah but I don't know could you take somebody who doesn't know anything about Diana they're not going to watch the same thing. <laughs> it's true, yeah. I, wa- I wonder if you got like a Gen Z, a young Gen Z who hadn't seen anything about Diana before and sat them in front of this movie, I wonder what they'd take away. It's an interesting point. Overall, though, I think I liked it. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Can I just ask, what were your thoughts on the music? Mm. I like the final song, the on the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was awesome. I thought it was way too much. Bit too much. Nothing's happening, and then there's strings going. Like this is so overwhelming in the scene, and obviously that's maybe the point. But it was just very distracting, and I was like, "Could this music please fade so then I can get back into watching the film?" Like it was very way too overpowering for me gets in the way trouble yeah yeah i think it worked well in that scene where she's running through the fields and she's going to different mm. and stuff but mm. it's almost like almost like a music video for a bit but i think that's <laughs> no, in a good way though okay, good. I, think, I think sometimes in films we just have people talking and then a bit of music and then a scene of them in a room like that's not very interesting but then yeah break away and get into some montage and that can engage the parts of your brain that aren't just listening to dialogue that's really cool for me. Mm. So I think lots of film trailers are quite interesting because they are just taking various bits and it's the imagery and the music coming together. Yeah. So I like that in that scene in particular. Yeah. But you're right, just how walking around the house and it's with the music just sort of whispering, screaming at you. Yeah, it's just very overwhelming, I think. Um, 
I just want to talk a little bit more about her performance. So you spoke about your favourite scene, which was that um, running in the field. My favourite scene was by far the scene between her and Charles that they had in the pool room across the pool table. Um, I thought that scene was some of the best writing of dialogue that I've ever seen because they were having this very convoluted conversation where they were talking about like three things at the same time and one of them would answer but it's in response to a a question that was asked like four sentences ago you know they're talking about closing the curtains and then they're talking about the photography and then they're talking about Maggie and then they're talking about the marriage and the affair but they're all talking about all of it at the same time and I just thought that scene was brilliantly written and and really well acted by the two of them um and it's heartbreaking too because Charles obviously reveals the fact that he's like well this is it you know you've got to got to stick it out this is how it works however I don't know if you know this Lonnie so I'm gonna expose myself a bit here in high school I was very obsessed with Twilight I loved the books I even bought an extra copy of the books when they came out with their special edition. Was there anything different? I think there might have been like a page of an interview with Stephanie Meyer in the back, but by God, I was having that special edition of the book. I even bought both DVDs because they had different covers. I was very much obsessed. And this was back in the day where YouTube was like, you could watch interviews that celebrities did like press tours essentially which I'm sure you can still do now but it wasn't very like it was sort of new that we could have access to this stuff especially in Australia because they weren't really shown on tv that much except when they went on like sunrise or whatever or rove um I'm very familiar with Kristen's mannerisms and watching behind the scenes of all the twilight films and behind the scenes of other films that she was on like into the wild I know when it's her and she breaks character in Spencer quite badly and they leave it in. Is the scene where they're playing soldiers or whatever, her and the two kids in the attic with the candlelight, and she breaks character and laughs and she does this little like head down, shoulders up thing when she laughs and then she shakes her head to herself, which she always does when she's like, this is weird. Why did they keep that in? She's not in character. She broke character really obviously. Am I am I going insane? Did no one else see this? Yeah, must have fit with that scene. But it's her. She's kids, that's fine. But she's not because she's having a self-reflective moment where she's like shaking her head and going, oh, that was weird, I shouldn't have done that, or this is silly and the scene isn't going right. Yeah, that's, that, that, that kind of fits Diana, I suppose. <laughs> nah. Hate it. Off. Done. No more. Um, it's really funny to me. You mentioned all that stuff about Kristen Stewart. Mm. Forget how, how big she was back in the days. My God. They got hounded, the two of them. Well, they equally loved and equally hated. So mm, it's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking, so now in the same year that she is getting nominated for an Oscar, he's playing Batman. So yeah. Pattinson. But that, that's just crazy in one sense. He's playing one of the most famous, most important actors in America. And, I know. Playing, you know. and they both hate it. They both hate acting and hate being celebrities. But the thing that always gets me about that, it doesn't get talked about nearly enough, 
is how involved Donald Trump made himself. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that until you sent me a tweet the other day. And I was like, I, I blanked that out of my memory because those few years with Trump as president were horrific and we were all in a dissociated state. He tweeted, oh, you can do so much better than her, Robert. Don't worry. You know, hold your head high. Like a 60-year-old dude at this stage, doesn't know either of them. He no. just wants to get sort of sort of sloppy in the gossip with them all. And then he became president a few years later. It's so bizarre. And then she hosted SNL and came out in, in public. We all sort of knew that she was gay. Um, and it's just like, why is this man caring about this? Like, it'd be like if he tweeted about like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber when they broke up or... Um, that's the thing. That's what he's more involved about. That's what he really cares about. Is who's yeah, who's gossip, celebrity. Yeah. Mm. That's what he, he ran around New York for decades, just sort of getting in trouble and trying to get on the news and being on TV and whatever. <sighs> and then people, enough people in America, are like you know, let's give him the nuclear codes. This guy's cool. Let's give the guy who doesn't read anything and who rips up classified documentation and destroys it so that he has no record of the crimes that he's committed. Um, let's give him the power in the country. Yeah. I just like good plan. I'm not trying to be classist or whatever or anything like that. But if you spent your time as an adult man tweeting, like genuinely tweeting about whether two celebrities should be dating or not and trying to give them advice. That should preclude you from being president. <laughs> do you reckon there should be <laughs> like... Once, and you're doing it again in a couple of years, I think. <sighs> God. So. Lord help us. I'm going to move to Tasmania. That way if there's nuclear issues, you know, hopefully I'll be a little safe away from everybody. Um, I just wanted to mention there's a really heartbreaking line and it's that scene with Sally Hawkins when they're on the beach mm. and Diana's worried because she's like, they're not going to remember me or... Or the way that they're going to remember me is like the the insane one, the crazy one. And I just felt so much empathy for that character and for her in that moment because she couldn't know this, but like she's the best one. She's the one that everyone remembers. She she became the people's princess. That was her title, you know. It wasn't it wasn't crazy Diana, you know, as much as the royal family tried to paint her in that way everyday people saw themselves in her and it's just really heartbreaking how she was treated and I just can't imagine treating a human being like that and I know it was a different time and mental health stuff wasn't as accepted although it's still not accepted because Megan wanted to see a psychologist because she was really depressed and they said she wasn't allowed to or go on any medication. So it's still happening in the royal family, which is just mind-boggling. Like, guys, you've been given the most tragic lesson on how to treat people. I know. But they've learned nothing. They've learned absolutely nothing. And Harry's been very outspoken that he saw what happened to his mother happening again and he went, no, I'm not doing it and cut off his entire family for the woman that he loves. And the amount of guts that that would take, mm -hmm. and he's been punished very severely by the royal family. They won't give him any security. I read something the other day. So they won't provide security for him, right, because he's no longer a royal. But he's also not allowed to buy his own security. They've prohibited him from doing that. I don't know how they've prohibited him from doing that, but they have. So he can't have 
security details. Seems weird. Seems weird, right? <laughs> so it's just the fact that they like haven't changed and we've just seen in the past couple of years Megan and Harry go through the same thing and just watching it play out in the film, it's like. Mm-hmm. And look if we get protection in that family in real life. Yes. Certain family members who they've now distanced themselves from, but who has also somehow come into a lot of money to pay his legal fees. Um, it's interesting as well in that thing about doing the royal, royals are so worried about their wife and their status being taken away and you know, Britain becoming a republic, not having a monarchy anymore. Like maybe if they engaged more with people like Diana and Megan, who are actually quite popular with. That's what I don't understand. That's what you need to do. You don't. Don't cut yourself off. And, you know, people like Harry. Yeah. Screw him over. I know. Just engage with him. He's actually the only chance he got is that people might like the the grandchildren of the Queen. Yeah. But they don't like Charles much, unfortunately. No. But I like. You're totally right. Buy into Diana and Megan's generosity. Mm-hmm. Like what? If Diana did all this good for all these people. And she was completely outside, like she was an outsider and she had no support. Imagine what she could have done if they had supported her. Imagine the actual real social systemic change that the royal family could have have enacted if they backed her. But they just didn't like her. And that's like literally that's what it came down to, personality stuff. They just didn't like her, didn't warm to her. She wasn't proper. She wasn't doing things right. Tradition, 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 stiff off a lip, and this is what happens. Charles, he shouldn't have married her. She married the person he actually loved. Yep. Don't screw people over. That's the lesson here. I just want to wrap up with talking about the Oscars. So this podcast should hopefully come out before the Oscars, and we will be doing an Oscars special, um, talking about our favourite films and what we think should win. I think it's quite telling that this film is only nominated for one Academy Award and that that is her performance. Yeah, I mean, there's only you know, so many nominations to go around, but this film is sort of getting sort of everything's on performance, so that's what they'll, they'll honour, I suppose, or at least recognise. So do you think she'll take it? Well, who's she up against? She is up against... Jessica Chastain from The Eyes of Tammy Faye, mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter. Olivia's had it, had it going, hasn't she? <laughs> Penelope Cruz from Parallel Mothers and Nicole Kidman from Being the Ricardos. Well, I think Nicole's had a good go over the years. I feel like Jessica Chastain is potentially her biggest competition. Um, people are saying that she played Tammy Faye, also another sort of biopic, um, very well. But she's not been in the cultural conversation as much as Kristen has for this. So, I'm going to back her. I reckon she's going to get it, and I think I think she should. I think that I think that's fair enough. One thing I might say is like, is Penelope Cruz going to get like a career award? She's had just one. I mean, maybe, but par- what's Parallel Mothers? No one's ever heard of it. What's it doing? You know? Yeah, I mean, that, the chances maybe people will just vote for the one they like the most without knowing the performance. Like, yeah, yeah, like Nicole, and they like split the vote. It might put someone else over the line, but. Yeah, I think I, I feel like people either subconsciously or consciously, the Academy as a whole like to spread the awards out these days. 
Yes. You don't really get one movie getting 13 awards anymore, do you? Not really anymore. But, man, that was good when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when they used to give awards and the people hadn't come back to their seats because they were still doing the little press thing and getting their um, statues engraved. And so they come out of the wings and it's like, here I am again. (laughs) So in that sense, I think this might be Kristen Stewart's time in this movie's time too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just see, I guess. All right, wrap up times today. What are you going to give this? Oh, three point seven five. I enjoyed it. It was good. Her performance was great. Made me think a lot about it. Like I, I've thought about this movie quite a lot since I've seen it. Um, but I'm just not sure that it, it went far enough for me, and I just wanted it to really jump off the deep end. I think I just thought of. I'm not. She mentioned this earlier. Mm. But like, what about someone like you know, my mum who loves Diana and wants to go watch a Diana biopic? Mm. Not the film for her, is it? No. <laughs> it's the film for people like us who are the, the next generation who maybe want a bit more of a challenging view or can take on the character. Of- I think, yeah, a bit, a bit more of a, of a critical opinion of the royal family, I think. It's not for our parents' generation who literally were obsessed with Diana who, you know, camped out and tried to see her and completely we're in love with her we've got that distance where we can yeah watching a fable of her no the psychological thing yeah because a lot of people out there a lot of people might be like where's why is it just why is it like this why (laughs) yeah why is she fighting down on pearls pearls, i think three stars though so i can't lie with you Mm -hmm. three stars is still a recommendation yeah definitely um and it was just could have been a bit further along and I was really hoping it would be like something I could you know, sing from the rooftops about. Me too. I, th- I think that was the problem. I built it up so much. I saw the trailer and was like, that is incredible. She looks incredible. She looks exactly like her. And then everyone was hyping it up on- online. <clears throat> oh, well. it's yeah, for sure. Until next time, I've been Moni. She's been Sine. See you then. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.